Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. I wish we could get the, the score, the opening score for this movie and play that as our theme yeah like i said it's like a ducks hills level right it's like this it's weird like, disco camp like yeah it's like really leaning into hey we're in the 80s so it's like but it's still got that like the back half of the 70s uh stink on it so it really does it's like it's so not the tone of this movie <laughs> it's not at all it's so funny but they knew at this point they're like it's fun we're having fun I think so. Um, yeah, I think not enough yeah. fun. Like that's my critique. Right, right. it's not enough. This movie is still pretty hardcore. <laughs> like Jason, yeah. Jason doesn't really get fun until part six. I mean, no, well, really I mean, doesn't. the movies are still fun. It's it, I'm I'm rambling. We should start the show, Dave. If this is the show. That's true. This is um a new episode of Mass Calls that will come out on Friday the thirteenth of October. What? No. Spooky. No. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And honestly, no better film for this. So before we get started, of course, I got to thank Chris Shanovich, our thank producer. You. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. It is, you know, surprising that it took this long to do a Friday the 13th podcast. Yeah, it is kind of weird. That yeah. It, that we we should have gotten this a long time ago. But thank you for holding the gun to our head or I guess the machete to our head. The machete. Yeah. And no better Friday the 13th for this Friday the 13th when this comes out then friday the 13th part three and i say that because this is you could argue the first one that really became friday the 13th and what i mean by that is this is the first one where it's jason in the hockey mask which was apparently um the work of two people i forget their names but it was um it was like, one of the uh, producers and effects designers had a hockey yeah. mask in his bag they were filming in one canada of them, yeah, one of them had the hockey mask, and it was apparently too small, so they made a larger one. And when they made the larger one, the prop designer, production designer, added the triangles. So that's why I'm saying it's two people. Like, it was one person who was like, hey, what about this hockey mask oh, from yeah. the director? And he was like, that's cool. And then the second one was like, I'm going to make it look like this specifically. And that, of course, became well, it the was, hockey mask. I, yeah, I, just, I actually just watched this. When I was um, watching this earlier for notes, I went ahead and, and cruised through some of the special features. Hell so what yeah. happened was is the, the hockey mask that they had in the bag, the original one that they just kind of pulled out and said, hey, what about this? That's the one that Shelly wears in the movie. Oh, okay. But that one was too small for Jason's head. Yeah, <laughs> so they had to make sense. a different one. And it's really cool. They made it. It's actually like it's uh, clear plastic. But what they did was they painted the other side of it. 
if that makes okay. sense, if you can picture that. So it's a clear, the mask is actually clear plastic, but they painted the other side to make it look white. And then the little triangles on the front are like, like acrylic st- stickers or something. He just glued on the front. That and that's sense. how they made the one for Jason. Yeah. Nice and light. Yeah. I, c- I can see why the other one didn't fit his melon head. The what, what actually Jason really head. surprised me was that the the one that Shelly wears and like the actual off the off the rack mask is ma- is a leather mask that's made of leather. Weird, right? I did not expect that. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, that's freaky. How was that supposed to protect your fucking face from a hockey puck? I don't know, man. You would just it would I, just yeah. keep your teeth together. That's all it really does. I mean, that's yeah. It, it keeps all like, your blood together in one it's place. It's one of those things where it's like we didn't realize some obvious shit. Right, like the leather, the, the leather helmets and football. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, of course that's not going to work well. Jesus. Oh, well, this isn't. But I feel shit. like we did that for way too long. Um, anywho, we are. Yeah, this is Friday Thirteenth Part Three, the three D one, baby. Yeah. Because in the eighties, Part Three had to be three D. Um, if people are unfamiliar with this show, you should go back and listen to the other ones. Yeah, this um, can be your first one, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah, for a lot of people, this is the first Friday Thirteenth. Again, this is the one where Jason becomes Jason. That's where he gets his mask. Um, we're going to go through the plot. Then we're going to talk about specifically what Jason is doing during this movie. And then we're going to talk about the second best monsters as in side characters who are, or main characters who are totally fucking weird. And then we'll rank the deaths at the end. We'll go through the deaths, pick the best one. And of course, when we get to the final episode, we'll pick the best one out of all of of the films. All the movies every Friday. So yeah, this, uh, immediate 3d, bullshit yeah um it, it reminds me of how movies today like do the thing where they stop for people to clap because spider-man shows right. up or a harrison it, it, ford is climbing out of the bathroom or something tying his belt yeah it's a lot of them people just shoving things at the camera and you're just like hey watch it like what are we what are we doing here the popcorn later is the one where i'm just like that doesn't even look good in 3d does it what it was the funniest thing is again i was going through some of the special features and they were using like cutting edge 3D technology, a brand new camera, a brand new, not lens, but some sort of thing that they use for 3D that apparently they were saying in the features that I was watching is still being used currently, although that was those features were filmed in 2008, which is 15 years yeah. ago, so I don't know if that's still the case. But like, it was like a very technically complicated film to, sh- to shoot. So like every single take took hours to set up just so they could set up this big goofy 3D camera. <laughs> and then they had to do yeah. endless takes to make sure it came into the camera at exactly the right in exactly the right way or else it wouldn't work like it wouldn't show up as 3D. So this movie was I mean, like for all these shots of like rabbit ears from the antenna coming in there and like popcorn popping up at the camera like all this stupid bullshit like they had to work so hard to so get hard. it. I would argue they never like in retrospect. No need, no need. It was really, I, it was really it unnecessary. They, they, it's really unnecessary. Yeah, maybe they made some extra money, but like apparently this was the most successful one until Freddy versus Jason. Wow, that that checks out. I mean, I get it. Yep, it, it, it made it, it made twenty eight million dollars in its opening weekend, and that's twenty eight million say, in nineteen eighty two. Yeah, we don't have to talk about the plot too much, but I'll say this: I this one moves. I never this one's pretty good, Dave. This is Jason been one of my favorites for a while. Yeah, Jason really starts murdering people, and there's a big body count. I'll just I'll reveal the body count now. I think it's twelve dead. 
I think you're right. It's yeah. a lot. He is stacking so, bodies. Yeah, they give him a lot to do, and it, it's you know, um, we've talked about this before. Jason movies, they're like Hitman, where he has to be very stealth. So they they give him a lot to do very fast. Um, I thought it was smart because so this is the one with like we said Shelly. This is the one where it's a, a girl who's bringing her friends to meet her 45-year-old boyfriend. Yeah, her weird um, old boyfriend who's one of her dad's yeah. friends from work, I guess. Yeah. He's 27. I looked it up. The actor is 27. No. Like, no. I don't believe that. Mm-mm. He looks so old. Um, he looks like Don Draper in this. <laughs> and um, he's, he's there, and she's reliving her trauma. Lord knows why. But she's like, I'm going back to Higgins Haven. Right. She's like, her I'm last gonna... name is Higgins, so it's like the family place. I'm right? going, yeah, right. She's going back to the cabin for the first time in two years. We learned that two years ago, not at this point, but we learned eventually in the film, two years ago, she was attacked by a woods maniac. Yeah, it was Jason. Sure was. But she's just been carrying the trauma of this woods maniac attack. Yeah. Do you think he recognized her? He was like, oh my God, it's you. I don't know. She like, does. Because yeah. he pulls she up his sure mask does. and she's yeah. like, you. And he just I think that's up. why he pulls up his mask. He's like, look, remember me? I'm your. Well, I'm, he's, pulling the, he's pulling the mask up to get the noose over his head. Right. But maybe you kind of. Because he doesn't really. He has a smile on his face. A little like bit. Yeah, like, as much as Jason can me? smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so she's here to relive the trauma, I guess, or to face it. And I'm like, why? I mean, I guess I get it. If you have a fucking lake house called Higgins Haven, it's like I don't want to not have to like be able to go there. Like that's a cool. Yeah. That's also, like, sweet. I never thought to like have a like name the place I live something cool like that. Like that's such a cool thing to name your lake house. And I get it. Like, I mean, yeah, it's Higgins, a it's Higgins a real Haven. it's a very rich thing to do to name your house right. Like but that. I like, just realized fucking, we can all I'm not going like, to name my house Monticello. But you could. That's what I'm saying. I guess I could, I could. My apartment could be Bell Manor, and it's like no one could stop me from calling it that. No, you'd have um, to come up with something better, though. It had to. It have to be like yeah. Howard's End. Yeah, it's got to be good sounding for sure. <laughs> there you go, Bell's End. <laughs> Bell's End. Fuck it. Fucking Bell because End. I, that's the thing. Higgins Haven. It's not that nice looking like i think it's it's a summer home it's so a it's little like, rundown yeah, they, it clearly, needs some attention they yeah. money yeah um so yeah they, they they um we're basically following these this group as they go there they get their usual warning which we'll talk about uh and then it's the same deal where everybody pairs off and fucks and then jason stealth kills them all until he can't self kill them anymore um they um which really end, isn't a problem for him, honestly. He works fine. Well, yeah. there, I take that back. He works fine up to a very specific point. Yeah. We have these spikers that show up who are I maniacs. I love the bikers so much. Yeah. They are the first stealth kills, which works really well because no one knows they're there. Right. Shelly basically pisses off these bullies. They're, they're just uh, convenience store Again, bullies. Some more woods maniacs, essentially. Yeah. Because they're, they're bikers, sort of, but they're bikers in the middle of the woods. We'll talk about them. Yeah, and then they go to light their barn on fire. We'll talk about it. And they are killed by Jason, and that's the first kills. And then, yeah, the rest, they are killed, and this girl essentially faces her fears. She's the final girl. Although, like every Friday the 13th up until this point, it ends with the same traumatic fake-out, which is funny that they thought this was what we wanted. Like, it's just... it's I. 
and this isn't a bad movie by any stretch. It's just funny looking back at the the instincts they had, which is they're like, we got to do the ending, and the ending is basically she escapes near a boat. It's always boat related. I guess in two it isn't, but um, she escapes, and then Jason runs out after she thinks he's dead because at this point she he hung him and she stabbed him in the face, um, and then it turns out to be all a dream again. And the cops are just being, they're just like, ah, it's like she's two dreams. She gets like a dream within a dream. And we're like, she's dreaming that Jason is like running downstairs. Like she forgot something like, he's right. like your purse. Um, but then she looks up and he's gone. And he's like, Oh, that's weird. And like the doors still on the hinges and everything. So it's like, Oh, he was never there. But then like zombie mom pops out of the wood, the, the swamp behind her and, and grabs her. And then she wakes up again. <laughs> Yeah, this is all to say, I feel like they haven't figured out how to end these yet. That's interesting. I'm, glad, I'm so glad I, I, I just watched a couple of these special features. There were three different endings to this movie. Yeah, and we talked about number two. They had that ending where the eyes opened on the mom, and then they cut it. Yeah. So it's just like clearly someone's head. Um, and it feels like they, they hadn't committed. They weren't confident in their endings. And it's really funny because all they have to do is what other horror movies would do, which is in the killer's eyes open. Like, that's all you actually have to do. They even end on this close-up of Jason left in the barn. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the cops didn't feel the need to cover his body or do anything. Well, I like this. this is, I, well, yeah, that's that part of it. It's like they funny. haven't found him yet. Yeah, yeah. Even though they were just there. there's two. There were two squad cars there. I think right. I actually appreciate the restraint of that. It makes it better, I think. Where it's showing the body, where it's like you, you're so expecting it to open up. Of, co- of course, the eyes are going to open, and then they don't. Um, you're right. Yeah, that is better. And of, like slasher films do, they they knew they they didn't need to do that to have a sequel. It was like, yeah, it'll come back. Yeah. At this point, though, that's interesting. You say that this one of the the original ending, the scripted ending, is that she just straight up cuts his head off. Um, oh, cool. But when they were filming, that ending was never filmed it, because when they were getting ready to film, apparently the producers were like, well, that's too definitive. We want to keep it open <laughs> in case yeah, you want to make more though? of these. Right, exa- exactly. Right, fucking yeah. rode around that shit. I mean, yeah. they pulverized Jason's skull in the next movie and he still comes back as a zombie yeah. in six. I guess um, at this point yeah. they still want him to be a guy, just a guy. I think so, um, yeah. They haven't, fig- they haven't figured out the gold mine of it doesn't fucking matter yet. Yeah, again, it, it all goes back to they haven't quite figured out how to finish these movies, which is just very... I mean, they just well, figured out the math. It's because they don't know what it is yet. They don't know what they have yet. Yeah. Because he's not, like you said, true. he doesn't really become Jason until this movie. This is what makes him into like an icon. It's that mask. So like, right, they don't... This isn't, this isn't... These aren't Jason movies yet. Right, they're not even sure. Like, I feel like they don't, they're not even sure if the next one will have Jason. Yeah. Where they're like, we did the Jason arc. Now, let's, is it going to be like Jason's sister? Or is it going to be like one of the victims? Like, it's yeah. kind of like Scream, where they're like, it, they think at first, like, is this a whodunit or something? They really don't know what it's going to be. Exactly, yeah. And one of the original pitches for this movie was to f- keep following the character at the end of the second movie. Um, uh, Jenny, right. I guess was her name. Um, as she's in like a sanitarium and then people in the sanitarium start getting murdered and you're like, oh, is it her? Is it Jason? Right. Is it somebody else? Which is interesting because they kind of do a version of that in part five. I was about to say, they do yeah. that later. Yeah. And part five is a really good, that's a really good sign of you realize like they really didn't know what they were doing yet. They were, yeah, I, they were I, just I, trying time, stuff. 
I feel like at the time I'd be pissed about part five because I was like, don't you get People it? Were. Like, it's Jason. We want Jason. Yeah. And they didn't realize that yet. Even in part five, they're like, oh, I guess they want Jason. And it's like, no shit. No well, they, shit. That was more, it's less of a, I think that was more of a Halloween part three thing. Like they were, they had right. killed him off in four. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of the franchise. Yeah. But they'd killed him off in four, so they were trying something new in five. Right, and I get it. Again, it's it's that instinct of like, surely they don't want just the same thing over <laughs> and over again. They just want us to keep doing Jason. Yeah, do they? And yes, it's that's like, exactly what we want. That's what that's we want. That's all we've ever wanted. <laughs> right, because at this point, who gives a fuck for the sequels? It's like, you're not going to reinvent anything. No. It's, it's just like, you might as well just do the same thing, and people will either love or they won't. You know, like, I, I think about the Scream sequels where those, I'm like, I think we're good. Like, I don't think we need any more, but they keep doing them over and over again. And I, I think we talked about this when we talked about Scream. What they desperately need is a zombie. Like, they need to make it supernatural, which is what this one figured out. They figured it out eventually. They were like, okay, like, they want Jason, but under what conditions do they want Jason? Can he be a zombie? Oh, good. He can. He can. He absolutely yeah. can. They totally bought it. All right. Yeah, all right. All right. That changes things. Can he be a phantom? <laughs> can he be possessing people? I guess he can. He all sure right. can. Can he fight Freddy Krueger? Yep. Can he be in space? All right. You betcha. Right. He can be in space, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I guess we can just talk about... He's the, he's the American Express of slashers, Dave. He's everywhere you want to be. <laughs> he really is. Speaking of which, should we talk about what he's up to in this movie? We absolutely should talk about what he's doing. Yeah. Now, I want to start, even though it's in terms of... Revealed later, yeah. The chronological events of the film, this is revealed later. But we do give a we get a, a pretty major flashback with Chris flashing back to when she was attacked by a woods maniac two years earlier. And it's Jason... Um, but it's Jason before it has to be before the events of part two, right? Cause this is like the, the right day after. after part two. Yeah. The beauty of the timeline is the first like three movies. Well, Four one, movies. Two, well, the yeah, first movie they, takes place like five years or yeah. it's several years. I forget. We had it figured out yeah. at one point. But for, yeah, but two, yeah, the next two, three, three movies are like a weekend. <laughs> it's like maybe right? a week of Jason's life. It's not even. It's the like each one of those is a day. So it's. I yeah. think it's maybe four days. <laughs> it's yeah. two, three, and four. Yeah. And then he's then just going on a passes. rampage. And then he cools off for a bit. Yeah, like 10 years. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, this one, you're right, is I think he hadn't killed yet. And no, that would explain he, why he didn't. Not. He like tr- he like ha- tried to kill her memory is that she was attacked by a woods maniac and then she woke up in her own bed, which means that Jason tried killing her and then didn't and I don't got know. scared. Is that what it means? I don't know what it means. I'm fascinated by this. So she yeah. has an argument with her parents and runs out outside uh, to, and just stays out there. She's like, I'll show them. I'll stay out here and then they'll be worried about me and then they'll be sorry. And then she falls asleep underneath a tree and she wakes up with Jason just shambling out of the woods. She's not at Crystal Lake. This is at Higginshaven. This is at their... So Jason has wandered over here from his little piss shack in the woods. Right. Um... And grabs her and just starts dragging her towards the woods. She says she blacks out and wakes up in her own bed. And her parents refuse to tell her what happened. I have a theory. I don't know what the... Do her parents know Jason? Do they know him? So, in the canon, they must. 
he must be that boy they they heard about who yeah like jason was always just like a nice neighbor because he doesn't care about them because they're not teenagers fucking right where they're like oh there's jason he cut down our christmas tree one year you know like that's how it feels uh, he's like. like doing odd jobs and stuff maybe that's why his clothes were so nice yeah but here's what i think the movie at the time thought they were doing so the, the we keep having these hallucination endings I think that they were dabbling with the idea of dream magic. I really do. Because I think that's dream this magic? Halu- dream magic. Like this idea that they keep having these hallucinations of being attacked. Remember? Yeah. And like the first one ends with her being like, he's still down there. You know, they kept doing this idea that Jason was appearing in people's fantasies or dreams. Um, and that was going to mean something. And then I feel like for like nightmare on Elm street, they were just like, yeah, he's let's not do that. I don't know what it was. It just feels like this is that again, where they keep setting up like mystery boxes around Jason and dreaming where she was like, I went to sleep and then I got attacked and I woke up in my bed. And so I think the idea is like, what if Jason well, is like a dream? They're, well, they're toying, wizard? they're toying with the supernatural, right? Yeah, and that's what I mean is like they, they feel like they were setting up a mystery box that they didn't know the answer to here, but they're like, yeah, he seems to be like dream something or other. I just <laughs> Like he seems to exist and yeah, I don't know. I just love the idea that he's just wandering around, I don't know, catching fireflies. Well, that's the thing. Since they don't follow that up, that is canonically what this is, right? Because like I can we can guess all we want about what they thought they were doing. But what ultimately they did is told the story about a young girl who went out, fell asleep in the woods, was attacked by Jason, passed out. And then I guess Jason brought her home, <laughs> put her in her bed or, or or her parents came out and chased him off like raccoons in the garbage. Yeah. And then they put her in there like best not to tell her. Anything yeah, that's just that not. Happened. That's no, no. So like, then yeah, we're going to have clearly, to describe every, like what he looks like. And yeah, I think this works for, you know, what I have in these notes of like what I think Jason's arc is. Cause I think this is about Jason getting his groove back because that first that, so that's clearly a humiliation. He didn't kill that girl in the woods somehow uh, for whatever reason, he didn't kill her. And that was before he learned how to kill. And then in Friday the 13th part two, he got his kill groove going. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, he was on a went, revenge rampage. Yeah. And then it went really wrong at the end. And he then, I think he's just kind of moping in this one. Like he keeps kind of just going into barns. <laughs> um, like this, the first kills are this, this married couple. Um, and he wanders into their yard and he's not like trying to kill them. He's just wandering. He's just kind of watching clothes lines. Watching. Yeah. And they just keep like spying like, on him. Every, they keep seeing him like Bigfoot. Like he's always just walking away mm-hmm. when someone looks up. Yeah. And once again, he, he just, he, I, I, I think he's just fascinated about these two people because they live like well, they're, him. Yeah, well, I mean, the, <laughs> they kind of do. They're also in like the middle of this weird argument. <laughs> like, yeah, about, yeah. Like Harold's just a, a monster who's just eating f- food all through their he store. He can't stop, yeah. Just drinking Sunny Delight out of the jug and putting it back on the shelf. Like, yeah. he's, re- he's eating fish flakes. He's a real, he's a real Shrek. Um, yeah, I, I called is. him a Shrek in the notes. Um, he is a Shrek. And she's yelling at him for being such a fucking Shrek. Like yeah. a weird freak that's eating I, yeah, fish and food Jason's and drinking like, sunny delight out What's off the shelf. What's going on with these? Like, they're yeah, like fascinating. Jason, he's just spying. He's a gossip. He's just spying on him. Yeah. 
and then he sort of waits till they come out and it feels like he doesn't he doesn't quite attack until they find they come to him and so it feels like he's like he's like i don't know i do i even want to kill people anymore like that's the vibe i got from him is like he didn't feel like he I he f- just he just lost his last murder spree right i and feel he's like, i feel like he kind of operates in these in this next string of movies like like a wasp or like a crocodile or something like he moves into a new space and he's then very he, territorial. And then he yeah. secures the space. Yes, you're right. He's territorial. And then he gradually starts moving out in a wider radius, uh, just clearing things out. And that's exactly what happens in this movie. Like, he, yeah. he zeroes in on this people, on these people, because like you said, they live like him. Harold shits in a corrugated shack, just like he does. Yeah, a shack, storage shack with a fire extinguisher. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? What is this life? But we'll talk about them in the future. Um yeah, so he's like fascinated, and then he, again he seems lethargic, and then he's like, "Ah, I guess I'll kill you," and he kills them, and then he goes back. Right, it's taken him a minute to like shake the shame off from the night before. He also got his collarbones split right. at the end of the last movie, so he's like he's kind of walking with like a hitch in his back. Yeah, I don't feel think he feels good at all. No, he's not really feeling great. No, how could he? And so yeah, he's just sort of. I, he's shaking off the cobwebs. That's all. And, and like, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he goes to Higgins Haven. I assume he just like saw them driving and he was just like, all right, well, here's give this a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I had written a little bit more. Like, I think, like you said, he's getting, he, he's got his murder groove started in the last movie. Right. So he, he discovers that he likes doing this weird haunted house shit to people. So yeah. now he's like also doing weird haunted house shit to these two people in their in their store for some reason, like creeping right. around and making noises and stuff. So it's like the next couple of movies are basically him just going on an epic several day bender because he just doesn't yeah. want to stop doing haunted house shit. And then so these sequels like two, three and four, him going on a raging bender and then dying at the end. Yeah. So he's like, just like a rock star. You're right. He also keeps almost dying. That's, That's the right. thing. He yeah. keeps dying in quotations and then dying for real at the end. Right. It's like watching the doors. Yeah. He keeps having these near misses where like his squirrel buddies are like, you got, you're, pl- you're going too hard, man. You yeah, got you're it. flying too close to the sun, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens is I, I think by the end of this, he's on a full on rager. He is. Yeah. But it ramps up. And so like he goes to Higgins Havens and he also wanders around like, there's a part later where he shakes the outhouse and then just walks away. He's just like, ah, I guess <laughs> yeah. But he hangs out in the barn for a while until someone shows up. That's his so next like, base. Yeah. It's his next little he's base. Nesting. Yeah, yeah. He's nesting in this barn. Uh, and then these, these dirt bags show up. The bikers. The bikers. I love them. Yeah. And he's just like, all right. And the first one he kills with a pitchfork. And I think it's infinitely funny that the second one he also kills with right. a different pitchfork. Right, he had pitchfork. two pitchforks. <laughs> yeah. He's it's just like, like, he killed the first lady and sticks her up on the wall. And then he, go, he sees the other one. He's like, there's a second one? Yeah. There's two? Yeah. They have two. Two pitchforks. This is fancy. Um, and he stabs, yeah, he stabs him with a pitchfork. And again, it's not very creative, but he's like, you know, getting the job he's like, done. He's getting into it, and he's proud, so he drops the body on the third guy and then jumps down like, hey, what's up? See what I did? Gives him a good bash with something. I don't even know what he's holding. 
I don't know what he's holding. It looks kind of like a it, flashlight, but yeah. Maybe but he, it's a again, good pipe. he's he's not in it to win it because spoilers. That guy survives for right. Now. Somehow Ali is not dead, and he's just waiting in the closet for the rest of the movie to explode out of it. Apparently, later. yeah. Um, he's like a real yeah. Jason. And then yeah, this is where the guy takes a shit, and Jason just shakes the outhouse, and he le- and he walks out, and he just sees the end, uh, like the the end half of Jason going into the barn. So again, it's like he's not committing; he's just like he, he wants people to come to his barn. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like coming. Yeah, the barn. He got three bikers immediately. He's like, oh, this is this is this is going real well. well right. Now nobody's coming, so he's going and shaking the outhouse. Get out there, get into this barn. And right, so and he, they keep he not coming in the these. barn. Oh, yeah. yeah, he doesn't even kill these stoners. And he's like, no one's coming to the barn. And then he meets a muse. And that muse is named Shelly. Right. The only person in the film who's a bigger creep than he is. Yeah. And Shelly wanders into the barn, into his little trap, wearing a hockey mask. And he's found a friend in Shelly, I think. Yes, he, he does he kill Shelly? Absolutely. Of course he does. That's what he does to his friends. Yeah, that's how he um, shows respect. Yeah. But I think, like, also in part two, he has that sack over his head. So I think part of him, he's just like, I look ridiculous. You know, like, he's so... He's trying masks he's out. Like, he's not... He's very self-conscious. He's, yeah. he's trying gimmicks out. He hasn't found his groove yet. And he finds this hockey mask, and it's the first time we see Jason come out. And he's like, I'm, 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 I'm Jason now. I feel good. And I feel so good, I'm going to shoot this girl with a spear gun. Like, he's just... And it's a great shot. An amazing it really shot. is it's a it's a crack shot it's a spectacular shot and he puts down the spear gun and i think it's because he, he's a little bummed or because he's like it's not gonna get better than that with the spear gun like i nailed it on the first try i think so and this is when he's like i'm ready he he's sees the like, light on he's kind of like testing vibes he's like all right all right this is going yeah he sees the light on he's like okay it's time for more haunted house shit yeah i've got my mask Let's i'm ready go inside <laughs> He runs into Andy doing a handstand, and he was just like, well, that's a, a freebie right there. Man. I'm going to chop this motherfucker right just in half. straight in half. And in the next 60 seconds, he has to very quickly hide an- both halves of Andy's body above the hammock and the rafters, and then yeah. hide underneath the hammock in a way that Debbie doesn't see him. This is full Jason now. Like this, this was him this in the is, last this film. Is pe- this is some peak Jason. Like if you yeah. were doing the Jason highlight reel at, during his Hall of Fame induction, this would be a clip on it. Oh yeah, this is when he's finally he's out of his slump. He's like, I'm gonna start hiding bodies. Like like in the second one, he's yeah, gonna. This is he, classic Jason. And he has to get on the hammock to hide that body. There's no way either or that or he just chair. threw them up there and, and yeah. just nailed it perfectly. No idea how he got the blood to not show. And then he hides under the hammock awkwardly in a way that like this, this girl should be able to see all of this when she walks into the room. Yeah. yeah. It's very funny. There's no way she couldn't have seen him unless he was like crumpled up until like squished himself up into a little ball and was like, I don't know, trying to like strategically lay the blanket over the hammock so she doesn't see him maybe. Yeah, you'd think he like stood outside the hammock to t- look at the vantage first. Um, I don't think he thought about any of that. He just crawled under there. Like it's a just instinct, tarantula. man. He's firing yeah. on instinct, bro. Yeah, uh, and that works. That goes so well for him. Um, he stabs her through the hammock, and then he's like on a roll, and he is trusting his instincts because he goes downstairs to cut the power. Right, um, and I, this is a big question about this. How does he know how to do that? Why does he know to do that? 
How does he he understand that that's how that works? Was he sitting in his piss shack reading technical manuals? There's no reason for him not to think a light bulb is wizard's magic. Yes. So it's pretty incredible that he figures right. this out. It's like, it's like he was doing, he was taking engineering, I mean, not an engineering, uh, elect, electrical classes. Yeah. Electrical engineering classes at DeVry or something. Yeah. Amazing instincts, Jason. Yeah. How does he know to do that? Why does he know that? Because it's in a separate building, too. They have to walk to get to the fuse. Right. Maybe Why does he, he know that that's about, where it is? I don't know. Maybe he thinks houses are living creatures and you have to like get into the basement to like kill it. I don't know. I don't know what's going through his head, but he successfully fucking, ter- you know, shuts off the power. I suspect Jason's a lot more well-read than we, than we expect. I think you're right. I, I think, think he's he reads reading technical a lot. Man and, he's reading and, like, everything. Shutting off a power is easy, right? Like he figures that out. He's just, he's just pulling switches until something happens. That's and true. in part two, he shuts off a generator, right? What if what if he did like a year as an apprentice electrician and we just oh don't my know god about it? yes <laughs> I fully believe that Jason has existed like tried to exist in society briefly he maybe he took a semester at like he had college. like a he had like a job and a family at one point yeah and then he was just like not for me none of this no, is for in me. like Kentucky or something it really feels like he has enough intelligence of the world like later i mean he's going to later traverse a spaceship with no real problems <laughs> i mean we'll get to that he is confused by some things but like and then when he goes to the city like he seems to have an okay time he does all right in new environments yeah he's all right yeah he, he kind of rolls with it he adapts yeah um so he starts burning through these kids um he's running around he grabs the fire poker he's hiding everybody that he sees almost immediately um he just does his whole killing spree here right like he's he's he just starts murdering all the kids while hiding their body in elaborate ways yeah he sets up some traps he's, he's really having fun with it he's really yeah. home aloneing this lady yeah. and then rick and chrissy show up um and uh He's like, oh boy, oh boy! Like he, he, he doesn't even know these two are gonna be here, right? right. He's setting like this he's place just up. hiding the body for right, whoever. like like he did in the barn. Like he's just getting, he's just getting the place staged because he fully expects. Okay, this is a way bigger house than that last barn I was in. So many more people are gonna come here. Yeah, like he's like a dude waiting for trick or so treaters. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna like, be so impressed by the stuff yeah. I create. Yeah, that later he hangs a, so he hangs someone upside down. Like, it really is a series of traps that he's setting up, and he probably sets up one for everybody, for the most part. Um, and he doesn't know which one's going to spring, so he just has them out. That lady in the closet, though, I have to think he just didn't get around to her yet. Like, right, he killed her Right, because she was, like, ju- just down the hall, like, 15 feet. He's like, oh, yeah. she, can, she can chill out in here for a second. Yeah, he knows to hide the bodies, at the very least, until he can set them up in elaborate ways. And I appreciate that. Yeah, he's on the ball there. Yeah. I do want to talk about that. Like the guy that is hung upside down that uh, she runs into is, is clearly alive. Like he's very obviously not dead. Right. There's this huge blustery storm outside. So there's all this wind. So he's, he's blessed this actor. He's doing everything he can to not blink, but you can see the struggle. Like he's making facial right. expressions. So you could argue that he was still alive. Yeah, maybe. You could. Jason, Jason is like, listen, just work with me here, buddy. We're yeah. going to hang you upside down. It's going to be great. He's doing his best to play dead. Yeah. 
Um, and he's just waiting. And then uh, he finds Rick, squeezes him, which we'll talk about. Oh, man, that's so uh, good. And then he's like, what do I do with this body? Well, I like <laughs> I like that he's like holding Rick off to one side with his hand over his mouth while Rick yeah. is struggling trying to warn her or call out for help. It's like a gothic mystery. I know. Like he's it's, like the murderer in an Agatha Christie story right there. It's 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 uh it, he's an so Edgar Allan Poe tale. Yeah. He's like I don't I I want to he loves stealth. And now he knows, like, then he waits until she finds one of his bodies. So, because he knows he's like, uh, you know, it's part of the thrill for him. It's the haunted house shit. Yeah. And he's carrying Rick around at this point, and he hurls Rick straight through a window. Yep. And he's crumpled up like a little ball. It's so funny. It's pretty great. It's pretty excellent. He, he heaps all sorts of punishment upon Rick. I love how punished Rick gets. And it's so humiliating. His little dumb little body crumpled up. Um, she runs from him and this is where things go really wrong for him. It's basically a series of misfortunes. Jason, she throws books on him, which somehow hurts him. I feel like one of them, like a corner got him right in the eye. Yeah. You get a corner of like a real heavy hardback, man. Yeah. Then he runs upstairs. She stabs him in the hand and he goes like, like like really, really badly. And then in the knee, really badly. And again, you hear him like, no, it's deep. (laughs) He's like noises. Yeah. She like, you said misfortunes. She steadily fucks him up until the end of the picture. She John wicks him. Yeah. He runs outside and he hits, she hits him in the head with wood. I laugh so hard at the wood. She nails him in the back of the skull with a block of wood and he falls forward through a railing. I like was he gets wrecked so hard. I was waiting for him to be like, time out, time out, time out. Like, <laughs> oh okay, God. we gotta stop. Like, he falls through a railing, Dave, like a guy on a booze cruise. Yes. It's like the movie You're Next at this point where it's like, okay, apparently you can fight. We need to stop. All right. Yeah, we did a, okay, we should, uh, can we, can we, truce, call truce, reconvene tomorrow? Yeah. Like he he needs to give up. He needs to say like okay, he really I'll does. go quietly. Like it's I, I wrote in the notes. Like at this point, it's his fault. Like he is yeah. clearly outmatched, but he keeps pushing it until she kills him. Yeah, and it takes so long for him it her to does. kill him. Yeah, it does. Like he, he just stay down, Jason. She gets in the van. He gets a lot of chances. He, he does one of the wildest things. He she gets in the van and starts driving. So he stands in the road. And I'm like, you're not like her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend. You're having a fight. Yeah. Like, you're not. If you want to you get out of here, you're going to have to hurt me. Right. Like, he stands like it's she won't hit him. And at the very last minute, he remembers what's happening. And he goes, oh, shit, and just jumps out of the way. And that is the funniest, one of the funniest things he's ever done. Because he seriously forgets that he's like, surely she won't hit me. And it's like, you killed everyone. Like he, it's like you, he you killed everyone she knows. Yeah, and, and it takes him just way too long to realize that. And it's so funny that not only does she beat him up, but she scares him in this moment. He's like, "Fuck shit," and jumps. And then he just tries to choke her out in the van because he's just like, "Listen, I got to take every advantage I get here." Um, it's and and she and she fucks him up in the car still. She like does. It just keeps going badly. Wrong. She traps his arms in the window and he has to headbutt his way free. It's yeah. the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. 
Right. And so this is like, it's such a sad arc because he's gotten his groove. He feels like he's finally figured it out. And then this one young lady just beats the fuck out of him because he's not done. So at this point, his eye hurts, his hand hurts, his leg hurts, the back of his head hurts. Um, He is all fucked up. And then she runs to the barn and he's like, that's my barn, damn it, I assume. Um, Yeah, that's probably what he's, that's what the look on his face said to me. Yeah, she goes to the barn and she falls on him like a fucking squirrel from a tree. Um, I had written down so that sad. like she could have stayed up there forever and he would have yeah. never been able to get her. Like she's up on this <laughs> little beam up there that his big ass would never have fit on. It's like right. she was cheating playing the game, like cheating at the game. Like yeah. she had glitched through the, point- the environment to get on the roof of Packenack. Yeah, exactly. And at this point, she's like, she's she knows she can take him, so she doesn't care to hide. Like that's what it feels like. She hides long enough to beat him up. She runs up in the loft, waits with a shovel, and then hits him with a shovel. Um, just right and, and then bing right off the top of his head. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so good. He he crumples. It's not just like a stagger. It's so funny to see Jason get tossed around like this. He just crumples yeah. like he got shot. Like he, he took a shot right in the jaw. Like I feel it's like so he funny. He doesn't have this much trouble fighting Freddy. Like she is one of the most formidable opponents he has because she just keeps setting traps and just like pushing his dick in the dirt every time. Yeah. Just fucking. He's on tilt now. Yeah. And so she slams him and then she could just run. She could run. She could keep being with a shovel. But again, it's like she's a wrestler, a pro wrestler now. She wants to be hype. So she hangs him. She wraps a rope and dumps him off, and he just hangs there. And I, I, I'm really pretty sure at no point does he lose consciousness. I think he's just hanging there in shame, like thinking about what went wrong. Right, yeah. He's really like trying to muster up the will to give it one more shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> he got beaten so thoroughly. Yeah, and then he gives it one more shot, and Ali comes out and beats him up, and then he gets axed in the head, and it's just like, it's so pathetic. It's just poor Jason. It's the hanging. I I just wanted to hit a little bit harder. It's it's so funny <laughs> because it is really. Funny. It's like it's like she 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 just finishes him. Like it's he's she's been steadily beating his ass for like 10 minutes like fucked him up hit him over the head twice yeah stabbed him like really deep like really bad knife wounds just kicking his ass all over this barn knocks him out with a shovel and then lifts up his unconscious body to tie a noose around his neck and roll him out of the window like she executes him she beats him until he couldn't stand and then executes him i think what makes it funny is normally this would be one beating in a movie right of just someone beating someone up right this is elmer but it's it's drawn out like he keeps trying and keeps getting fucking stuffed it's roadrunner wiley coyote where he keeps going after and all he has to do is stop stop yeah and she every single time he encounters her she, he never has the upper hand from here on till the end of the movie, till he dies. She just repeatedly beats him. It is so funny. Um, good for her. Good yeah, for her. Good for her. It's honestly. weird that she's even traumatized at the end. She should just be like pissing on his corpse. Just like, yeah, motherfucker. Like there's no reason for her to feel in danger. <laughs> oh, poor Jason. What a run. What a beautiful he run. A, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. His, his bender's off to a rough start, but he's gonna he's gonna stick to it. 
we'll find. Yeah. Should we talk about the second best monsters? Yes, absolutely. I've been dying to get to this section. Yeah. So we talked about Harold and how fucking nuts Harold is. I fucking love Harold. What um, is Harold's life? I don't know. But his wife is a knockout. Like they they try to like ugly her up. Quotes, they did by get, putting her hair in ro- rollers. And she's a model. She's clearly like a twenty two year old model. Right. I wanted to. I was wondering if maybe this actress tried out for one of the other roles, like one of the bigger roles, like one of the main yes. women at the cabin, and didn't get it. But they liked her still. It's like, well, you could be Harold's shrewish wife in the beginning. Right. We'll just put hair curlers in you in a, in a weird bathrobe to try to disguise the fact you're clearly 25 years younger than this guy. Yeah. And it's like, Harold, how did you it's get like, this? Well, life? Harold's weirdly hot wife. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so I wanted, I was thinking of going to LA and becoming a model or living with Harold in his shack. And ah, I just love Harold so much. I'm going to live here in his shack with his rabbit while What's, he eats fish food. The additional layer that's funny to me is that they didn't put any aging makeup. They didn't attempt to make really do, use any makeup no. to make her look older. So I don't know how old they want us to think she is, because yeah. she's she's behaving like like uh, she's like a like, like a like a shrewish like, yeah. old wife from a comedy sketch, right? Like it's she's yeah. behaving like she's like fifty two years old. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a young actress who's on an SNL sketch. Yes, and they, they yeah. And they don't have time to do makeup or anything. Right. So she looks like Kate McKinnon curlers. in an old lady robe. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and it's like, Harold, your life is baffling. I, I want to know so much about Harold's life. Well, here's something I, about Harold that I desperately need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I never noticed this before. Have you noticed that Harold is quietly obsessed with trains? No, I did not. Okay, so outside there's a big watch out for the locomotive sign near the... Near the um, Clotheslines, where all the clothes are hanging. He has a toy train in the fishbowl. He has train signage all over the shop. Photos of trains, like signs that look like like railroad crossing signs. His fish are named Lionel and H&O, which are companies that make model train sets. Incredible. Like he has a little card in front of the fishbowl that says meet Lionel and H&O. Those are model train sets. That's like a set dresser who is just like, I'm going to do a little thing here. And out, out in this. front, there's like a little train, like their phone booth is painted to look like a Lionel model train. Like right, it, Harold loves trains. It feels like one of those <laughs> things where like the actors were like what super method was like, I really want to know who my character is. I also think this is a product of older slashers used to do this all the time. They used to have like really interesting side characters. You'd get murdered where you're like, what? So many layers uh, and like there's no need to do that. And that's what that feels like here, where they're like, they gave them so much that the, it feels like a two-person play that could exist. Almost, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's so many fucking weird layers where you're just like, you feel like you're losing your mind. When he goes to take a dump, it's a bathroom in a shack that has secret booze. There's a clock. There's a hose. There's a shower. Uh, it's a pantry. There's a, f- like, it's it's fire extinguisher. It's just like, I don't know what this room is supposed to be. I it's have his, no fucking idea. It's his shithouse and also the storage. They have an outhouse, right? So that's where the shower is too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just know. where the septic tank is. That doesn't make they're sense. They're living in the 30s. Like, they're, it's the weirdest fucking thing. They're living yeah. like in the Tim Burton's Batman version of the 30s where it's yes. like there's some, like, modern stuff. 
Yeah, they're living more like a maniac than Jason does. It's so Yeah, I think that's why it takes him so long to murder them. He's just he's really taken aback by them. They are probably the biggest maniacs, honestly, because there's just so many layers to who they are and it's like I don't understand your life at all. I don't understand how you li- like if he was like an 80-year-old guy who lived alone, I would be like, "Okay, I get it. He's like a shack maniac." But yeah. the fact that he has this ridiculously hot wife is like, okay, well, that, uh, that begs it's so many wrinkle. questions. Yeah. yeah. He's obsessed with trains. Okay. Right. Yeah. He, he has, has rabbits. Rabbits. Okay. Yeah. He just eats everything. He just eats fistfuls of food of his own product and puts it back on the shelf. Yeah. He drinks room know. temperature sunny delight and puts it back on the shelf. Yeah. He runs a terrible store. He really does. He's a he's yeah. a maniac. He's I wrote down he's like Shrek. He's like train Shrek. He really is. Um so yeah, he's a fucking maniac. Uh his wife's a maniac. It's it's I it, they would be the winner if it weren't for a certain someone, which we'll get to. Um Debbie who's pregnant. This um, is Debbie is the best friend of the main character Chris and the reveal that she is pre- Go ahead. Yeah. No, she's yeah, she's going on this trip with everybody. She is who is she? Um, Andy's. She's she's Andy's, Andy's girlfriend. She's Chris's best friend. The reveal that she's pregnant is one of the most shocking reveals in the entire franchise. Yeah, <laughs> they just drop it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing on this trip? Yeah, why are you on this trip? It feels like she's pregnant, but she doesn't. She's like, I could lose this baby. I don't care. Like that's the feeling. Either way, she like, really needs to f- think carefully about having Andy's children. Yeah, Andy's like another Andy's. one where he's not a maniac. He's kind of he's like a venture brother. He's a like, bit of he's a maniac, like, but he's you're right. He's more like Hank Hanker Dean. Yeah, he yo-yos in this and goes, "This is all the exercise I need." And I'm like, "What? What are you? What he are walk, you, you little?" He walks on his hand. He juggles with Shelly. He's Shelly's roommate. I have a theory. Yeah. I think they went to clown college. I think they went to like circus school together or circus yeah. camp as kids and then Shelly just never really aged beyond that summer. Right. But like the yo-yo, the juggling, but but like Andy's like aged enough. Like he's like having sex and like being a teenager. That's what it is. Shelly's still trapped as at like nine years old. (laughs) Shelly is not a bad looking guy. He has poor self-esteem, but I think that's what they want us to believe is that Andy got hot. And so was able to get away with being a dipshit. But like he's exactly like Shelly. That's what we're learning. Pretty much, he has he has the maturity to not be pulling juvenile pranks all weekend. Yes, but he's like he's the version of Shelly that gets laid. Basically, yes, yeah. So he still does all this circus bullshit. Like if he didn't get laid, him and Shelly would have shot up a school by now wearing like circus outfits. Um, yeah, they'd, they'd like be they're the, clearly they'd be the clown murderers, and that's how we would know. Yeah. <laughs> They're clearly BFFs, but the, Andy the uni- is low The unicycle key. murderers. This guy walked on his hands and, and yep. shot Uzis with his feet. Right. Like, Andy is troubling, but not in the cool way. <laughs> he's like, oh, what a fucking nerd. What a little... Like, you, you really want to bully him. Vera is not much of a maniac, if anything. No, she she's like... be more of a maniac. She could be. She's actually, like, the nicest person, I think, in any Friday the 13th movie. She's She's one of the kindest characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chrissy, who we established is kind of a maniac in that she um, is able to beat the shit out of fucking um, Jason. She does. She really lays him out. 
Yeah. Like Jason really overestimated. He was really feeling himself too much when he when he called that shot. She's she's fine. I, I there's say a couple, there's, there's, a couple, there's a couple of things I wrote down about her. The van has her name written on the door on the driver's side door because that's her door. That's that's, that's the door that she uses. Chris. I also yeah, want to talk right. about like by the end of this movie, she, she's like screaming and, and laughing maniacally in the back of a police cruiser as she's being driven away. Like oh, she's, yeah. Then she's a maniac. She's yeah. like Iron Man by the end of it. She has PTSD on top of existing PTSD. And it was like the PTSD of being attacked by a woods maniac. And it's this big mystery because he dragged me off into the forest and I blacked out and I woke up at home. My parents won't tell me what happened. It's like a fucking uh, young adult thriller. Um, and then yeah. she has the PTSD of all of the events of this film. Like everybody she knows was horribly murdered. Um, and then she's sitting in the back of the car and sees Jason's body in the barn and just starts freaking out because she doesn't believe he's dead and is doing like Daffy Duck madness she is. in the back of that car. And I love that. I don't think it put, puts her at the second best monster, but like I did want to say that I like that this Friday the 13th does this a lot where it shows that like the people are fucking wrecked at the end of it. Oh, yeah. Whereas like compared that. to like the end of like Scream, where they just kind of like say but like by the quips. third one, she's like, I'm good. And it's like, are you though? Are you? This is horrible things. So I, I appreciate yeah. that, that they, that they take the, it's like you always talk about where like the kids aren't even scared of the dinosaurs in Jurassic world. It's just like a thing right. that I, it's a small detail that I think gets overlooked a lot. Oh, it's great. In this one, they don't say cool quips. They're just saying gibberish. They're just screaming yeah. and they're just trying to kill. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, Rick, who is the, Every Friday the 13th has the guy where you're like, well, you're too old. There's two he guys is. in this because Chuck, too. Chuck, I don't Chuck, know how yeah. old Chuck is. He looks like Martin Mull. He does. Um, yeah, Rick is got to be 50. Rick is like um, 48 years old. Yeah, and he's like he's like the bad kind of maniac where he just feels aggressive and weird. You know, where you're like, he's like the too real version of the maniac. Like, right, he's, he's just like, a sex pest. The entire yeah. movie, he's just a sex pest. He's like that guy in the last one that was also like this weird, quiet sex pest. He like hides in the house and jumps out at Chrissy when she gets there. And I, like, I wrote, I wrote down what he did. It's not just that he jumped. He jumps out, grabs her by the throat, right, and drags her to a wall to push her against it and forcefully kisses her. Yeah, and they, I know why they do this in these movies. They want these fake out scares, right? They want to scare but like, us. But like when you think of the yeah. context of this being a person doing this to another person. And it's like, it's his girlfriend and he doesn't know about the woods maniac, but he knows that she has some trauma and that it's like a difficult thing for her to come right. back here. And so he greets her by leaping out of the darkness and grabbing her by the throat. He's an asshole. What an asshole. And then she, when she pulls away from him, he says, is it my imagination or did it just get cold in here? This is the first four seconds that we meet him. Yeah. We're it's waiting like, for him Oh, to die. you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Then his car breaks down for no reason later. It just breaks. Yeah. Just well, so that it takes him forever to walk back to the house for everybody like to get murdered. He's like 50 and he's hanging out with kids because no one his age wants to hang out with him. He's one of those. Right. He bought um, them all beer. Yeah, of course. Chuck and Chili are, they're fine. I love they're, Chuck and Chili. They don't have yeah. any wants or interests beyond getting high and eating popcorn. And I respect the yeah. hell out of that. Oh yeah. But you know, they had a horrible death because they're so high. They're like, is this real? Like well, it's, I, had a, I had a theory. I think Chris, or not Chris, I think Chili thinks she's being attacked by a ghost. 
Right. <laughs> because she's when she's running away from Jason later, she runs toward the door and it's all blustery now. This is the windstorm has started and the, the door blows open and she screams and runs away from the open door outside to freedom and runs into Jason and gets impaled on a red hot poker. You're right. Yeah. So like, I guess she thought it was a ghost. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. She's just so fucking high. She has yeah, no she's way too happening. high for this experience. Um, uh, yeah. And Chuck gets electrocuted too. That sucks. It sucks. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Abel, the road maniac. The road maniac. I must be in heaven, he says, looking at young people. And then he shows them the eyeball he has. <laughs> I love Abel. I love his life. Well, it was love- specifically he was looking up at the hot women. Is oh, why yeah, he that said makes I must sense. be in heaven, yeah. He's wonderful. Where'd he get the eyeball, Dave? Where'd the eyeball come from? What was they he never, doing? I don't know. They, and this is one of the patterns where they, there needs to be a guy to warn them. They, they have this where they're like, there needs to be a year old doomed guy. And they have to be weird. And Abel is the guy. He's living his best life. He survives, right? Yeah, we never he's see him just, again. I mean, well, yeah. we don't see him again. I assume he probably gets run over at some point because he's just sleeping in the middle of a highway. I like to imagine he's the mayor and he's very successful. Oh, he could be, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's what can be said about Abel? <laughs> he has eyeballs and he's sleeping in the road. He's got it all figured out. He seems to be talking to no one. I suspect he might be a time traveler. That would explain why he's just in the middle of the street. That would li- make the eye. most. It would make the most sense. Um, I don't know who he's talking to after the kids run away in fear because he keeps preaching directly to the camera af- long after the teens and their 41-year-old stoner flee the scene. Right. It's like he knows we're there, which is creepy. Yeah. That's yeah. Just time he can see through time. There's a lot we don't know about the crazy hillbilly time traveler sleeping in the road, who I'm told yeah. is named Abel. I don't know where you got that information from. I looked it up. Yeah, oh. his name is Abel. Yeah, we we you wouldn't know from watching the movie. Um, then we have the bikers, Ali, holy Fox, shit, Loco. And Loco. I love the bikers, Dave. Store bullies. They're just bullying people in a store, and then they get mad that he knocks over the bikes. So they're like, "We got to even the score." Exact quote. By burning down their barn. <laughs> and then I love that Loco is like, no one's going to get hurt, right? And it's like, what, is, what are your priorities? Well, here, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I have a lot of theories about these bikers. First of all, they're a gang of three, um, right. which is incredible. They're hanging out yeah. in the middle of the woods in New Jersey, the backwoods, bullying random people in a store that gets maybe 15 customers a week. They're all right. wearing turquoise jewelry. The, the, I don't think they're a, an actual biker gang. I think they're just three people who got together and said they're a gang. Yes, and they now, feel like a a biker game in like Saved by the Bell. Right, they're like a they're like a, a biker gang in training or like or like they're the like kids an after school special gang. That yeah, offers kids weed like right. they're pushing weed and cigarettes on chi- children. Like they're that kind of. Well, it's it's gang. the kids. It's the kids who started a gang, but they weren't really tough enough to to be in a gang. Yeah. So their gang is just kind of like, they just kind of hang out at 7-Eleven. None of them are named what they say they're named. I guarantee that. No, they're not. No, they're, nobody calls that guy Loco, but himself and his other two friends. No, he works right? at CompUSA. Yes. Yeah, that's what it feels like, is they're all kind of just posers, right? And they're, they've taken it too far, and they get murdered for it. They sure do. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, they're not. They're the opposite of maniacs in a weird way. Like they're just posers. They're like they feel I desperate. L- <laughs> I like that. Also, when Fox goes inside the barn, it's like a long sequence of her just snooping around and just yeah. being dazzled by everything. Like she's genuinely really interested in all of the <laughs> old farm junk she finds. I don't think she's ever been in a barn. Before. I don't. She doesn't. Yeah, it, it really does. She's like looking at cobwebbed old farm equipment like it's magic like she's right. really having a transformative experience in this bar <laughs> and I, here's the thing i don't think she's been in a city either i think they're suburban i think they've been in suburbs and they went to the country because the suburb people bullied them like i feel like they they had to go somewhere else to bully people and this is where they found um we never see him but the dad who keeps buying hay but never a horse I love Chris's invisible dad. Yeah. Like he might low key be the most insane person in the movie. He might be. What man, look, we, we learned from Rick in, in the, in the beginning of the, when they get to the cabin, like Rick is loading all of this huge new bales of hay into the barn. And it's like, Oh, my old man keeps threatening to buy a horse and making plans. But every year he buys all the hay and never the horse. Um, so he's just loading all this hay into the barn. So every year so it rots. Yeah, this old maniac is buying all this hay and is just never buying a horse. So what man spends thousands of dollars on hay and also wage the wages to hire this guy to load the hay into the barn and like take care of the property because it seems like Rick is some sort of caretaker and he never buys a horse. Like what is like That's, I have Yeah, like you would have bought the horse yeah. And then secured the hay, right? Like, that's how that goes. And to, to the point where you hire someone to take it all, take care of it. Like, that is commitment to a horse to the point that you should have already bought it. Yeah. Like, why wasn't his, like, if I was his wife, I'd be cycle? freaking out because he's pissing away their retirement. And then that made me realize, oh, he probably murdered his wife years ago. And yeah. it's just buying this hay. <laughs> She's hidden somewhere on the property. She's under the hay. It's like stacking on her. There's a something incredible that happens when Shelly goes into the barn. So Shelly walks in there. He gets jump scared by a mummified cow's head that's hanging from a noose. It just drops into the frame beside him. Right. Like, and it's like this old mummified cow's head. It's dusty and it's covered in cobwebs and the rope is almost disintegrated and it does disintegrate when he swats it and it falls to the floor. So my point is, is Jason did not put that there. <laughs> that no. has been there for years. Yes. So Chris's dad put that. He hung a severed cow's head in his barn years ago. Years ago. Because he, I imagine he's at home in the city reading cowboy magazines, right? Just dreaming. Oh, and yeah. he's just going through the longest midlife crisis about this shit. He watches City Slickers every year on his birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He is, yeah, he is a tragedy. This, this unseen dad. And speaking of tragedies, that brings us to, of course, Shelly. Oh, my gosh. Shelly, Oh, Shelly. Oh, he brought multiple masks to this. <laughs> he brought a crate. Like, he bought a yeah. whole box. He says, I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Which is weird because he never seems to actually want to be an actor. <laughs> Like right, yeah, I didn't not, understand that. Like you're not he's not like doing scenes. He's not like leaping right. out of closets and, and reciting Shakespeare. He's leaping out of closets with axes in his head. Right. If he was like, I want to be Gallagher or comedian, uh, I would make more sense. Yeah, but he's I like, I want to be an top. actor. And it's like this isn't what an actor does. 
this is just weird edge look. acting is leaping out of closets with horror yeah. makeup on your face says, would you be yourself if you looked like this and he's not like bad looking it's just like it's i shelly it's your personality i hate to say this like it really i don't hate to say this i think this movie very intentionally wrote shelly the way that they do oh yeah because shelly is like such a proto incel and they seem to be aware of it because everybody is everybody on the trip is just incredibly nice to him they always try to include him well not incredibly nice but vera is very nice and patient with him yeah uh nobody is mean to shelly in this movie like the no when vera put, like is just like i'm not into you she leaves and he's like bitch and yeah. it's like, he, she was not a bitch no. at all to you she's one of the nicest people and like nobody's mean to him he has all of this stuff like well i'm not they're all when it going skinny dipping and I'm not skinny enough. Nobody said that to you. Like, right, and, and like later, yeah, he's talking to Vera and he's like, well, it's, I have to do these pranks. She's like, you don't need to do this stuff. You're, yeah. this is terrible. It's annoying and obnoxious when you do this. And he's like, well, it's the only way I can get people to notice me. I'm just a big nothing otherwise. And she's like, I never said that to you. It's he's, he's such an edgelord where it's his identity. They lay, they yeah. also say, leave him alone. He doesn't know any better. And also like, he doesn't know what happened when he later does a prank. And it's like, he's not like an, like a dog. Like he's not, he's not a child. You're talking about him. Like he doesn't understand what's happening around him. Well, it's so weird. He doesn't know what happened is they're referring to Chris. What the, they right, don't, he doesn't true. know about Chris's woods maniac <laughs> brush with right. a woods maniac. That's fair, I guess. But like, yeah, the the uh, he doesn't know any better. Is real like they're treating him like a they are they they do kind of treat him like a kid brother. They have to babysit, but that's how he's behaving. He's kind of constantly doing these pranks. But my point is, is nobody is mean to Shelly, but Shelly and Shelly is mean to everyone else. Like, yeah, he's an asshole. He's awful, and it has to be intentional. There's no way you could write this because if this character was written in like the 1982 version of, Oh, he's a nice guy. If they would just look past the fact that he was a nerd, like he would have, they would have wound up, he would have wound up at least kissing Vera or they would have wound up getting together. It would have been more like revenge of the nerds, which came out around the same time would have been embarrassing. Uh, they would have probably been like an embarrassing date rape scene or something. Uh, and it would have been treated like, uh, oh, oh isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, but but the movie doesn't do that. I, I just no, pointed like, that out. Fuck right. Like the movie very clearly understands that. No, no, no. <laughs> like this guy yeah. is awful. <laughs> and he, yeah, it's this thing where he like he's he creates this victimization of himself yeah. so that he can lash out at other people. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's just like and it's, it's a, like I, um, I think everybody's the thirty rock this joke. person. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, where she th- thinks she was bullied, and then the flashback right. she realized <laughs> she the was the bully. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what it is. He's just a bully, and he's like, "Whoa, is Shelley?" And it's like, "No, fuck you, Shelley, man." Like right, you're just yeah. an asshole. Yeah. Um, to the point that when he <laughs> when he gets his throat cut. People assume it's a prank, and I love that yep. about it. Yep. It also takes him like thirty minutes to die. <laughs> he hangs in Jason, there. Yeah, Jason fi- has his mask, and then like a lot of time passes, and then Shelly shows up like struggling, and it's like you're not dead yet, Shelly. Just die, man. Like Jesus, which is all to say, Shelly isn't. He's he's yeah. I guess he's the second best monster, but not in a fun way. He's just—I mean—he is—he is a monster in a fun way because he's totally insane, right? He brought yeah. a magician's trunk full of pranks yeah, to this true. to this getaway 
vacation with a bunch of his adult friends. Like yeah. we're all adults, man. Yeah, like, come on, dude. What? Wh- he it's, it, he has a full scuba suit, a spear gun, multiple masks, like you said. Suit. Yeah, he grabs her from the lake because he brought a scuba a suit. Scuba suit so with a spear a gun. Why did he bring a spear gun? It feels like he's gonna kill them. Yeah, like it really feels like he's gonna kill them. Right. If Jason hadn't shown up, Shelley would have gassed himself up over the next couple of nights and murdered everybody. Yeah, it really feels that way. Fucking and he would have convinced himself it was because they were so mean to him. He had no other choice. Exactly. And they're doing nothing but being kind to him and trying to include him. He's such a prick. He really is. Yeah, I hate Shelly. Oh, he sucks. Box of tricks. (laughs) Brought a fucking box of magic tricks. What a fucking amazing asshole. I know. He's incredible. He's one of the greatest characters in the franchise. Yeah. Ever invented for film. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. What a hero. Hero. Should we talk about, should we go through the deaths? Yeah, we should. All right. It's time to rank all the deaths um, and figure out what is the winner of this one. There's, there's some close ones here. This so is going to be tough, I think. Yeah. Harold was stabbed with a butcher's knife in the chest. Yeah. His hot wife stabbed with a knitting needle through a door or a window. In the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah. Through, through Fox, a window. Fox is stabbed off camera. With, she's pinned to the wall with a pitchfork. Uh, Loco also stabbed with a pitchfork. Um, Ali is beaten to death with a club, but then he shows back up and then he's immediately murdered. I oh, there's something I, I wanted to talk about there that I missed when we got to that scene with Jason. Jason must be really... It's it's because he's on tilt. Because he kills yeah. Ali immediately and easily and then just continues to hack at him for a very long time. And that's... Yeah, because he's like, stay to, yeah. dead. Well, he's, stay he's, dead. he's taking the last 10 minutes out on Ollie is what he's doing. He really uh, is. But like, so he, he does, the, he's hacking at, that's what distracts him. It's not that he's fighting with Ollie. It's that he's hacking at Ollie's body right. for long enough that Chris is able to come and put an well, axe into his head. He's embarrassed. He's like, I thought I killed you. I, I tr- counted. Like, Ollie takes so much punishment. <laughs> he does. I counted nine hacks. Damn. Like it's off. Most of them are off screen, but you can still hear them as the, <laughs> the camera's on Chris. And she's like slowly getting up and getting the ax and sneaking up on Jason. And you can still hear these thunks. It's yeah. very funny. Yeah. He's so frustrated. Yeah. Anyway, um, Shelly killed off camera slash throat takes forever to die. Um, Vera shot in the eye with a spear gun right in the eye. Directly. Amazing shot into the eye. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Andy doing a handstand and cut through the middle of his body. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking great. Um, Debbie stabbed through the chest while pregnant. She gets baconed. She gets Kevin Bacon. She really does. She gets Kevin Baconed. Chuck thrown into a fuse box and electrocuted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just trying to make some popcorn. That's all yep. he did. That's all he did this weekend was he got he got uh just interstellarly high and then tried to make some popcorn and got electrocuted. Yeah. That's it. That's all he does. Chili gets stabbed, uh, run right through with a fire poker. Yeah. That's Um, pretty gnarly. Yeah. And then Rick skull crushed to the point that his eye pops out and then thrown through a window. (laughs) He heaps so much punishment onto Rick. It's so funny. He really does. Pops his little eye out. (laughs) This is genuinely hard because once tough. I saw when I saw the spear gun, I was like, 
there's no beating that, right? Oh, but there's then the, plenty of the stiff handstand's funny. What What are you thinking? My vote is the handstand. Honestly, it's he gets split in half through his dick, and then Jason puts both halves of him up in the that, ceiling. So that's so hard. You know what? I might. I think I have to agree with you, and here's why. Because ah, I think the eye pop though is classic. That's pretty I classic. know, and the eye pop is classic, and he's thrown through a window. Thing about the handstand that makes it funny is that Andy helps his death, meaning that it requires Andy to do a handstand. Like yeah. when when is Jason ever going to get to kill someone that way again? Like they are doing a handstand. Yeah, he doesn't get to. That never comes up again. It's the most unique death in this because it requires participation from the victim, but it also feels like a disservice to gloss over skull crushed or the fucking, uh, the spear gun. Because also when, when is he ever going to hit someone with a spear gun? It is pretty spectacular. It's a hell of a yeah. shot. It's a hell of a shot, Jason. He should be in the Olympics. He's on the, like, yeah. the Olympics like sharpshooting team or something. It's in- incredible what he does. Well, we yeah. know he did archery as a kid. Uh, this is hard. It's hard, but I'm still voting for split down the middle, I think. Ah, fuck, the eye pop. The eye pop is tough. Uh, I'm going to give it to split down the middle. All right, so Andy, split down middle, handstand. Okay, I wrote it down. And I, I feel okay with this. I feel okay with this. Same, same. It's it might not win the final one, but it's it's a pretty fucking good kill. So, yeah, all good right. Good work, good work, Andy. Way to do. Yeah. Way, way, way to take one for the team. If you're playing at home, write it down. Yeah. And that is Friday the Thirteenth Part Three on this Friday the Thirteenth of October. Yeah. We did it. Part two thousand twenty-three. Hell yeah. We did big do old, Big old thank you to Krishanovich. Ah, big sloppy wet thank you to Krishanovich. Yeah. You are our hero. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening. You are um, our crazy time traveling hillbilly sleeping in the road. You really are. A hero. And listen, this was through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y. Unemployed. You go on there. Uh, you, can, you can also get us to record a podcast if you sure. wish. But also, just for $5 a month, you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spiel Boys. We watch movies every Friday night. Uh, that uh, includes every Friday the 13th, which we have watched. And we we'll have. watch again. Oh, yeah. We're probably yeah. watching one of them tonight. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a store. Head over to GameFleetEnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your little mask hole peeking peepers onto that. Absolutely. Sweet. And, uh, you know, be good. Yeah. Don't, don't be bad. Or, or not. I don't care. Live your life. Yeah. God, Think, I don't. WWJD, what would Jason do? Yes. And we know he'd pop someone's eye out. Mm -hmm. They had it coming. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye.